0: To another episode of Two Strike Noise, your weekly baseball history podcast. I am merely a puddle at this point uh, with the temperatures here in the Bay Area, but I am one of your co hosts, Jeff. Joining me, as always, from I hope a cooler Pacific Northwest, it is Mark A. Johnston. Mark, welcome to the show.
1: Cooler in so many ways to uh, just being, you know, smooth and and like the Fonz and uh, it's it's still warm, but not like you guys got going on down there. That's crazy.
0: We got too cocky when it was like in the, the high 70s for a couple of months. And now we're it's all coming <laughs> all at once, it's a little warm. It doesn't matter. There's still baseball being played f- with most teams, I guess I should say. So that's good news. It's fun to watch.
1: Did you see how many doubleheaders that the Cardinals are going to have to play?
0: Boy, somebody's going to you're going to have pitchers getting hurt, blowing arms out. You're going to this is
1: just not a good thing. I believe it's 11 doubleheaders. Well, yeah, and
0: it just it doesn't it's not just them. They got all the teams. They got to play these doubleheaders. They're in danger, too. This is just I'm
1: I'm I'm worried. I do like the fact that they are seven inning games. I thought that was pretty smart.
0: Sure. It's smart for health wise. I just, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't want to watch a seven inning game. It's i watched some of them. I watched one earlier today and well, actually I watched two of them kind of back and forth. It's kind of weird. I mean, it's like, Oh, it's the fifth inning, you know, get your bullpen, your, your stoppers right. up. It's, it's just
1: weird. Bring your closer in, in the sixth. Yeah. To know? get that final Between out in the, the sixth.
0: <laughs> uh, I, I wanted to, I did want to talk a little bit more about the extra innings rule because I've come to the conclusion that I really like it as long as it's not involving my team. And I, <laughs> I, I in no way want it to happen any further than this year. But if I'm just watching a random game, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Yeah. But if it's an A's game or an Astros game, because then I'm you know, i always reading against the Astros. If it's an A's game, it's just heart. It's, it's, it gives me heartburn. Just knowing that somebody is gonna sure. start on second base with nobody out.
1: I'm still not a fan. I you know, it made me think though that if you just played fundamental baseball in extra innings, you bunt the guy over and then hit a sack fly, you should be able to score. And not every time, but I mean it's not like you need to be sitting up there trying to hit home runs.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I have not seen I, I can only think of one time that I've seen somebody bunt to start off that inning. Uh most everybody Yeah, most everybody, and when they implemented this in the World Baseball Classic last time it went around, everybody bunted. That was just straight up the first thing you did, and I can only remember one time that happening. Yeah, so as long as it's not an A's game or an Astros game, it's (laughs) kind of (laughs) cool. Okay,
1: well, I'm I'm glad it fits into your definition of something cool.
0: Yeah, but again, (laughs) I do not want to see, and again, we've already established Rob Manfred is a religious listener of this show.
1: Oh, we do yeah. not
0: want to see this next next year or ever again for that matter. We're big <laughs> fans of stirrups here on this show. <laughs> I I as long as this is not your first time you've listened to the show, you realize that we love stirrups. We get extra we points do. in Wax Fax Heroes if if somebody's wearing them and we take points away if somebody is not wearing them. So I thought, first of all, I saw a couple of things. I, on Twitter this last week, I saw some actual former players that did not know what a sanitary sock was. Really, Which was interesting. And then when, when it was explained to them, they said, oh, I, OK, I know what that is. I just had no idea. It was called a sanitary sock. Huh. So I actually found something really interesting here about the history of stirrups. It originated because colored dyes when baseball first started were not color fast, meaning that if you washed them, they would the color would wash right out. But that dye that they used would also cause blood poisoning. So so if you're wearing wow. one of these and you got spiked, you could get blood poisoning. And in fact, one of our favorite historical figures, Nap Lajoie, in 1905 yeah. contracted blood poisoning when he was spiked in a game against the Detroit
1: Tigers. My God, I never heard that. That's crazy.
0: Yeah. So what they started to do is they would wear these sanitary socks underneath the stirrup and ah. uh, they would cut out, you know, the stirrup, they would make the cutouts, the little horseshoes that you, that we know of now so that they could actually fit their, feet into their shoes because they would have a thick sanitary sock and these stirrups on so they need to make sure they could still get their shoes on most teams though didn't want white socks showing you know how we see it now right. where we can easily tell if right. you're wearing sanitary socks because the horseshoe you know you pull it up a little bit and it gets stretched out all that well remember this is back in the early days of baseball so mid to late 1800s and early 1900s They were so close to the foot, that that horseshoe, that you wouldn't see any of the the white sanitary sock. But over time, they would stretch out. But teams didn't like to launder these things because they didn't want to have to get them real white like you spent endless (laughs) nights doing as, you know, as a bad boy. You're struggling. Absolutely. Because for the past 40, 50 years, those uniforms have to be sparkling white the next day. So they would hide the sock under there. And remember, we talked about the Black Sox moniker. We talked about the Black Sox before, but one of the reasons that the Black Sox were called the Black Sox before the whole scandal was that infamous skinflint Charles Comiskey, the owner, who, happy birthday, it happens to be his birthday on the day we're recording, uh, didn't want to pay. There you go,
1: cheapskate. (laughs)
0: didn't want to pay for to to get those sanitaries laundered so their their sanitaries were dark and dirty so they were called the black socks as well before the cheating scandal for that reason but there is is, my that
1: is unfortunate
0: yeah there there's my quick history though of sanitary socks
1: yeah i feel like i've learned more than i normally learn that was good stuff man
0: (laughs) and we're we're just at the beginning of the show too i know man this is only gonna get better we got we got plenty more to go today. Also want to mention I Don August uh, shared some more stories on Twitter this week. I'm proud to say that he shared some stories that he shared with us prior. Nice. So, we might have broken some Don August stories. So, if you haven't listened to that two parter with Don August, make sure to to go back and listen to those. Those were great. They were. Got a quick quiz for you. This isn't our trivia question for the for the week, but can you tell me the player who has a fish name. So either their first or their last name is also the name of a fish. We're, we're disregarding nicknames who has the most career home runs
1: with the fish name.
0: Or is it Mike yeah, Trout? Mike Trout is third on this list.
1: He, he very huh. soon
0: will be second.
1: Does it count uh, Randy Bass's home runs in Japan?
0: No, we're we in this is major league home runs. That's a good. <laughs> it was worth a shot. That's a good one, though. And Kevin Bass is not on this list. He did
1: not hit. Enough. No, he's one of my favorite players of all time. And no, he did not hit uh, hundreds of home runs. No. So. Um,
0: well, so I mean, Mike Trout, obviously, that's the easy one right now. Sure. let's start at the bottom of this list there's five guys on this list the bottom is oscar gamble i'm guessing there's a fish called gamble or an, oh, oscar, it's fish. an oscar i don't know
1: is an it oscar? oscar okay yeah there's a fish called an oscar i i thought of one i think i thought of one all right what is it timmy salmon
0: Yeah, there he's the Tim one salmon. mike trout has 280 well at this point had 289 i think he's got 291 they played the a's uh he's got over (laughs) 290 home runs tim salmon has 299 so okay trout's gonna pass sam trout's gonna jump over get it salmon Uh, (laughs) he's gonna swim it's weird
1: that they're both angels yeah i thought that was pretty cool what about an angelfish? That that has to fit in there somehow.
0: <laughs> Steve Trout is not on this list either.
1: But Oscar Gamble,
0: <laughs> remember Oscar Gamble has some sweet baseball cards with a lot oh, of hair going man. on.
1: Some of the best hair. and he, Somehow he squeezed it underneath the baseball cap, except on the sides. It, it just wouldn't <laughs> stay. Those are great cards.
0: <laughs> okay, so fourth on this list is Ray Lankford. Oh, Ray. Oh, Ray, there you go guess that oh. that's kind of like an octopus but or, or is it Langford because there's got to be other I don't know what other Rays i'll I'll do some more I, I took this at face value uh I did do some research on the first one because I did not know what the first one was uh but then you got it number three is mike trout number two is Tim salmon you are never gonna get the first one
1: we, we might have some
0: anglers in okay. the audience that might get it
1: but you're never gonna get it Well, then why? I'll just uh, turn it over to you. Who is it? Jack Clark
0: with 340 career home runs. The Jackfish.
1: I did some research too. Okay. Well, then there's also a Jackfruit. So maybe he's leading amongst uh, fruits and vegetable names.
0: Uh, That was the next topic. (laughs) Really? But uh, Joey Apricot actually has (laughs) 341. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I think Fiona Apple played some pro ball too.
0: So. <laughs> Smooth like honey. Uh, so there. Yes. Now uh, this is uh, this is open. I, I did do some research though for other fish names that might uh, that might yield higher than three hundred and forty. I did some research on Jack. People named Jack, but that is where I'm going right now. Three hundred and forty for Jack Clark. Uh, we've we've determined by the whole. Yankees-Mets fiasco that if there is somebody with a fish <laughs> name with more than 340 home runs, we will hear about it. But we do welcome it.
1: Yes. Our listeners will let us know.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, and that's good. We, that led f- to plenty of conversation for quite a while. So Let's stay Absolutely. in the ocean. Can we stay in the ocean? Stay in the ocean. Stay in the ocean. Can you name me the only Major League Baseball player to ever be born at sea? No, (laughs) I didn't think so. (laughs) I present to you, Mr. Ed Poray. Ed was born December 5th, 1888. And this is straight from baseball reference in Atlantic Ocean. He was born (laughs) at sea in the Atlantic Ocean on December 5th, 1888. He played one year for the Buffalo baseball reference says the buffalo buffs i don't know if that's (laughs) true or not uh he appeared in three games he had a record of zero and one he pitched 10 and a third innings gave up 18 hits nine earned runs only five of which were earned two home runs walked seven and struck out none so he's just not great well but he was born at sea thought that was interesting
1: that is interesting
0: we're going to tie it together even more so now we're going to head into our debut segment and just wait till you get this our show this week is debuting on august 18th and i've got a couple of names that made their major league debut today the first did so uh probably well he played at the same time as uh, as mr ed poray this guy made his debut in 1884 on this day. And staying with the ocean themes, it is Mister Oyster Burns.
1: <laughs> Oyster. I hope that was a nickname. That was... guy got the worst parents ever. <laughs> yeah,
0: that was his nickname. His real name was Thomas P. Burns, but. <laughs> When you say P Burns that oh. sounds just as bad.
1: <laughs> You know yeah I have a friend who had that issue but he got a shot and everything was fine Eat a
0: little cream little cream <clears throat> will clear that up Oyster Burns real name Thomas Burns but Oyster uh, led the league in home runs he he was a speedy outfielder he led the league in home runs and RBIs in 1890 for the Brooklyn Bridegrooms Huh. Had some good speed. He stole 58 bases in one year. Again, this is the time when if you went from first to third on a single, you got credited with a stolen base. So these numbers are a little bit skewed. Right. He, he stole 263 bases in his career, averaged about 20 wow. a year. So not bad. Uh, nickname Oyster because he sold shellfish in the offseason. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Clever nickname he was described as a quote-unquote loudmouth and quote-unquote having an irritating voice and personality <laughs>
1: oh my gosh it sounds like a great it wasn't like that far from me this
0: came, now this next quote comes from the new york clipper newspaper where it described burns as quote the noisiest man that ever played on the brooklyn team his voice reminds <laughs> me of a buzzsaw unquote
1: wow i wish i could have heard it that's i mean if it's if it warrants that kind of a write-up it must have been something (laughs) so
0: oyster burns next on our list we get a hall of famer that made his debut today in 1915 and it's not just any hall of famer it's the hall of famer that bill james says is the worst hall of famer inducted into the hall of fame it is mr high pockets kelly
1: Oh, High Pockets. Yeah, we've we've talked about him a little bit.
0: We have. It's another nickname, surprisingly enough. He was not his parents didn't name him High Pockets. His real name George no. Lang Kelly. A uh, quite a legacy here. Uh, his brother Ren Kelly played in the majors. His cousin Rich Chilis played, and uh, his uh, he's the nephew of Bill Lang, who likewise played in the big leagues but high pockets i was interested to know why he was named high pockets it took a lot of poking around to figure out why and it's really not that great of a story he was called high pockets because he was six foot four which was pretty tall for that time so his pockets were higher in his pants than most people
1: i find it odd that out of all descriptive terms they referred to his pockets (laughs) not like his belt belt? or or his (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> his shirt or collar but high pockets that's just odd.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's what they went with. Uh, he is, was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 1973 by the Veterans Committee. Uh, he won two World Series both with the New York Giants in 1921 and 22. He led the league in RBI's twice and he led the league in home runs in 1921. He was thought to be like probably one of the greatest defensive first basemen. Certainly of the early 1900s, but that alone does not really get you, should not get you into the Hall of Fame. Uh, he was no. the last surviving member of the 1921 and 1922 world champion New York Giants. He is a San Francisco native, and he is apparently buried at uh, at a cemetery right by the airport. So I think I might make a visit out there. It's kind of macabre, <laughs> but just go and, and see if he's got any sort of headstone that you know denotes mm-hmm. who he was
1: I what else am i going to do before. i don't i don't find it that odd i mean it's like it's not like you're going to go find him alive somewhere so well, you can you know, do this you wanna... with
0: doing social distancing
1: <laughs> he's six feet yes. down that's that's social distancing yeah. isn't it it's totally cool yeah i guess you could call him low pockets now <laughs> worm pockets
0: if he still got pockets that's on down terrible. there, that's pretty impressive. Uh, but Bill James, as I said, often cites Kelly as the worst player inducted into the Hall of Fame. Bill James is also kind of a jerk. Uh, but he says, quote, he wasn't a Hall of Famer on the best day of his life. End quote, well, well, Bill James, remember Bill James also he hates Carney Lansford but he well that's a problem but he did say that ricky henderson is two hall of famers if you cut him in half so he's got that going for him. all right our final debut today making his debut in 1981 today was none other than steven lewis sax saxy
1: steve alto sax
0: steve alto sax steve went one for four in his debut with a strikeout off of the cubs mike griffin Steve Sachs won the National League Rookie of the Year the next year in 1982. He also won two World Series with the Dodgers in 1981 and the dreaded 1988 team. So he won. He wins the Rookie of the Year in 1982. The next year, he got the yip something bad. He could not throw to first base. He committed 30 errors that year. Most of them throwing errors. His throwing was so bad that fans behind the first base dugout started to wear batting helmets, (laughs) which could not have helped him. (laughs) He was also this was interesting. He was caught stealing 30 times that year. Ouch. He he only stole. Well, he only but he stole 56, but he got caught 30
1: times. My goodness. He was running every time.
0: There's got to be a time Tommy's got to put on the stop sign. If you're getting thrown out more than half the time.
1: But I mean, they won the World Series,
0: I guess, in 82. So,
1: yeah, not a lot you can say about that. They did what they were supposed to do. So,
0: yeah, I mean, in in 82, he stole 49 and was only caught 19. So that was it's still not great. That's 20 percent of the time. But well, actually, no, that's 40 percent of the time. That's still not great. But, you know, (laughs) Uh, he stole four hundred and forty four. Over his career. Not bad. Oakland A's legend, Steve Sachs. One of those guys that played a very short time in Oakland. Seven games before he hung it up.
1: Seven games? Wow. Seven games in
0: 1994. Then he hung it up. Nice. All right, so that'll wrap up our BP segment. Let's now get into some trivia. This is a great question that I asked you last week, and I'm interested to know if you could figure it out. My question that I asked you last week was which Hall of Fame pitcher had six seasons in which they issued fewer walks than they had games started? Any any clues?
1: Uh, I I kind of batted it around and no, I don't have any. I, I have no idea.
0: So this is and I love this question because this is a guy that I got to see plenty of from a great seat directly behind Javi Lopez. So that oh, that narrows it, it down. Brown? Nope, not Tom Glavin. Okay. That was one of the three you could guess. <laughs> <laughs> John Smoltz? It wasn't
1: John Smoltz.
0: <laughs> well,
1: I'm going to go with Greg Maddox then.
0: You are correct. It was Mad Dog. Mad Dog. That makes sense. Six seasons, he walked fewer than the number of games started.
1: So let's That guy just, was amazing.
0: Yeah, so let's just go down the list here. Uh, And I'm just going to start picking from his lowest, uh, lowest walk total. So first one was in 1995. He walked 23. He started 28 games. The next year he started 35 games, walked 25 batters. The next year he started 33 games, walked 20 batters. Wow. That is incredible. 2001 he started 34 games and walked 27 and then uh, he walked 33 started 36 in 2003 and then here's a technicality because in 2004 he started 33 and he walked 33 so that would have been seven if he would have started one more or walked one less wow but just incredible hall of famer greg maddox over his career walked 999 batters in 5008 innings.
1: Oh my gosh. That that is pretty awesome. That guy's uh, the pinpoint accuracy and control he had um was it was, w- it was a, an amazing thing to watch. If if you're listening to the show and you maybe didn't get to see Greg Maddox pitch, it was a thing of beauty it really was. Yeah,
0: and quick. Work quick worker too. Loved it. And the gold gloves, the gold gloves. Sure. I mean, we've talked about the gold gloves before as somebody that worked, though, a lot of those Braves games. The fact that he was such quick workers, you know, you throw yeah. a Maddox is under 100 pitches, complete game under like two and a half hours. It's good stuff.
1: Beautiful. You see, folks, like this, we get paid by the game, not the hour. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so, so
1: the quicker a game, the better. That's all we're saying.
0: Absolutely. And if you have no real rooting interest, so, you know, I worked for the Braves and the in the Mariners for a long time between both of those. And, you know, I'm not a fan of either of those teams. I would root for whoever was ahead late. <laughs> just. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs>
1: Well, we started in uh, Tacoma. We started the uh, the two or none chance. If you were down by a run, and you didn't in the eighth inning, you didn't want them to tie it up. You no. wanted either two or none. So we, we started the two or none or three or none chance.
0: <laughs> yeah, guys, I love you, but just don't tie this up. Either we'll, right. we'll, I'll take the L or let's just win it on a walk off. Exactly. Right. New question for you. This is we're going to okay. stick in the pitching realm. Name me the only pitcher to have ever won a batting title.
1: Ooh, wow.
0: Yeah, so this is a good one. And I've got a good, I got good information about it next week when we talk about the answer. But so that's a good question here. Only pitcher to win a batting title.
1: I have a feeling it's going to be from a while ago.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it wasn't recent. I'll give give you that. (laughs) Okay. All right, so that's going to do it for our. Uh, you know, uh, do we need to just call it a pregame show, or, or are we okay with BP? I don't know. I like BP. BP. All right. Well, we'll let uh, everybody go in and put on some fresh jerseys. It's really hot, so probably going in and shower and, and put on a fresh
1: yeah. jersey. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: And we're going to jump into the main segment now. We've got we had some technical difficulties with Mark. We've just got one topic today. It's it's going to be my topic, and this is a story that. I found a while ago and I thought that it was probably just gonna be a Tales from the Dugout type of thing, but then I started doing research on it and I got a lot of good stuff here. And just even, I'll say it before, when when I end as well, but I just wanna say that a lot of this information I got from a great Sabre bio by Mark Wernick. Uh, I will put the links in the show notes for sure to go and read this uh, bio. It's a, it's a great, very in-depth bio. This is really just about one part of, of this guy's entire career, but it's just, it's good, and I was feeling kind of uh, frisky, so I just went for this one part. I want to talk about Bob Aspromonte.
1: Oh, who's that?
0: <laughs> Bob Aspromonte. I had not heard of this name either. And first of all, I just want to say that Bob Aspromonte is a... Name, it's fun as hell to say. Just Bob (laughs) Asperomante. Bob had a 13-year major league career. Came up with the Brooklyn Dodgers in 1956. He had a single at-bat that year in 1956. And then he didn't make it back to the majors for four years. So when he came back up, the Dodgers had relocated to Los Angeles. Good bit of time between his first two at-bats of his career. Uh, he played a couple of seasons there before he was selected in the third round of the 1962 expansion draft by the Houston Colt 45s, and this is where he spent a bulk of his career before finishing up Atlanta and a final season in 1972 with the New York Mets. This is not, as I said, going to be a career retrospective about Aspermonte, whose nickname was Aspro. But again, I'm having way too much fun saying aspromante, so I'll probably just keep with that. It it sounds like like an incredibly refreshing Italian cocktail, doesn't it? Bubbly, yeah, and and summery. I'll have an aspromante on ice. I
1: could order some aspromante. I'd be all excited for that. Or I don't know. It might be how you say
0: aspirin in Italian. It's one of the two. So we've talked before at length in some instances about kids asking players to hit home runs for them. These are the things that legends are made out of. Babe Ruth in 1926, corresponding with little Johnny Sylvester during the World Series, which resulted in Ruth sending him an autographed baseball and telling him he'd hit a game for him in game four of the series. We covered this in in our Babe Ruth myths episode. Ruth actually hit three home runs for little Johnny, just to make sure he, he saw it or heard it, I guess, leading to Johnny's miraculous recovery. There's no glurge in that at all. No. (laughs) And I I did go back. It's episode number 13, if you want to go back, way back in the in the archives. We covered all of these Babe Ruth myths and explain why the story is probably loosely based on some truth, but really not true. We've talked about Paul O'Neill on Seinfeld when Kramer promises a sick kid in the hospital that O'Neill will hit not one, but two home runs for him.
1: And he came so close.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: But the uh, scorer ruined it by calling it a triple and an error.
0: Let's get back to, to Mr. Bob Espromante. So it's 1963. Nine-year-old boy named Billy Bradley is drinking water from a water fountain, and he's struck by lightning. Now, was it karma? Maybe. I don't, I don't know anything about Billy until he's struck by lightning. The bolt robbed him of his sight. Billy went on to become the inspiration for the comic book Daredevil. No, wait, no, that's not, that's not true. That's, that is a, wow. that is a patently false statement. I'm sorry. No, he just, he lost his sight because he was drinking and he got struck down. You by
1: had me for about a half second, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Okay, but no, he is blind. He was drinking from a water fountain, got struck by lightning. Billy's family takes him to Houston. They, they live in Oklahoma. They take him to Houston for a series of surgeries to restore his eyesight. There, little Billy, while in the hospital, listened to the Colt 45s on the radio, and he decided that Bob Aspromonte was his favorite player. Billy, being a kid in the hospital, said, hey, I'm a little kid in the hospital. I want my favorite baseball player to come and visit me to lift my spirits and give me things, because that's what little kids in the hospital tend to do in these stories. So the Colt 45s were notified of Billy's demands, and I am calling them demands for Aspermonde to visit him. And so he does. On May 7th, 1962, he brings him a bunch of free stuff so his little freeloader can get, you know, better, I guess. A glove, a ball, a transistor radio. And so this is, I'm jealous of this, some Colt 45 pajamas. Wow. I would 1,000% wear some Colt 45 pajamas if somebody
1: gave them to me.
0: But before leaving, Billy asks Asperande for one more thing, because, well, you know, why sure. not? He asked Aspermone to hit him a home run. And so Aspermone he says, hey, have you seen my stats? Wait, you're blind. Okay, <laughs> well, let me tell you, I'm not much of a power guy, okay? At this point in his career, Bob had only hit 12 home runs in his four seasons in the Ooh. big leagues. But nonetheless, Bob wanted to get out of there. So, so he says, uh, I'll get right on that kid. Stay frosty. See you later, bye. So that night, Houston, is trailing the Dodgers six to five in the seventh inning. Two runners on, bottom of the seventh, and Aspermone comes up to bat. At this point, he was already two for three with two singles, but he could sense that in that hotel room, Billy was not satisfied. He was like, I asked for a home run. These two singles are not getting it done. (laughs) So Pete Rickert serves up a three-one pitch to Aspermone, who lines a three-run homer to left, putting the Colt 45s ahead for good, And little Billy, satiated by Aspermati's deed, slept well that night. Okay, we fast forward a little bit. The Bradley family comes back later in the season to Houston in June for some more additional treatment. Bob, being a good guy, says, hey, I'm going to take you guys to lunch. So they're at lunch, and now get the nerve of this kid Billy. He asks for another home run. What? Ask for at this point is battling chronic back pain. Like he's having a hard time even being in the lineup because his back hurts so much. He can't swing having the worst season of his career. But again, being a good guy, Bob tells Billy, if you work to promise on your entitlement and privilege issues, I'll, I'll try to hit on <laughs> Billy probably didn't know what that meant. But well, the Cubs and the Colt 45s went into extra innings tied two to two. They don't put a runner on second. No, here at this no, point. that's right. So just remember, you're, you're playing. So an error by Ernie Banks opens the door for the 45s, and in the bottom of the 10th, Houston loads the bases for one, Mr. Bob Aspermonte. Oh, my. <laughs> Bob, at this point, one for four, and no doubt is a little nervous here because he doesn't want to draw the ire of Billy if he doesn't come up with a long ball here. Right. Aspermonte takes a 2-2 pitch. Knocks a walk-off grand slam to left field. No way. Wow. It's another home run. (laughs) He's two for two in this department. The Colt 45s are loving it. Walk-off grand slam. We're going to fast forward another month. (laughs) It's now July, late July. This little kid, the nerve of him, Billy Bradley, back in Houston again. Bob's like, oh, kid, I'll come and meet you, but just, (laughs) can we just... Maybe lower our exhortations a little bit. <laughs> Guess what this little entitled jerk does? He says, Bob, hit another one for me. Dance, monkey, dance. <laughs> All right. money. tells Billy, hey, let's not shoot for the moon this time, okay? Can I just give you a couple of bass hits? But then Billy produced a picture of Bob's family and said something along the lines of, nice family you've got there, Bob. <laughs> It'd be a shame if something (laughs) would happen
1: to him. Billy was connected. Now I have zero
0: proof that any of that happened, but I would be willing to bet something along those lines happened. All right. So by this time, Billy's eyesight is almost back. They're doing a good job here in the uh, early sixties. They've almost got his eyesight back. He can essentially see most things. So he actually gets to go to that game that night and Bob, at this point scared for his family's well-being comes up in the first inning bases loaded again bam grand salami time break out the rye bread and mustard well the press obviously knew all about this they're all over this story a sports writer asked aspermonde are you doing it for the boy or is the boy doing it for you aspermonde replied it's almost spooky isn't it but if bill will stick around i'll be tempted to buy him a season (laughs) ticket tempted like every time this kid meets you you hit a home run and you're like oh maybe i'll pony it for a season ticket get him a like the team should just provide him a lifetime pass at this point now a big fast forward to to the year 2003 bob Aspermonte is blinded in one eye after a car battery explodes in oh, his no. face now first of all i can't not say that little billy had anything to do with this car battery exploding in Aspermonte's face. He seems to have some sort of connection with him. But little Billy, now a crime boss of 51, <laughs> learns of the injury. He's not a crime boss. I didn't find anything <laughs> else about him. But he's 51 at this point. He gets Aspermonte in touch with the same doctor who restored his eyesight, Dr. Louis Gerard, who at this point has got to be 104 years old. So I'm not sure how much I want him working on my right. eyes if he can even see at all. uh, He helps uh, Aspermani with his eyes, gets him taken care of, and there you go. Kind of all ties back with now the little brat is helping his favorite player get his eyesight back. But like I said, uh, the facts of that article were taken out of a Sabre bio by Mark Wernick. I'll put that in the show links. I I added a little bit of commentary there about Billy. Not my my favorite, (laughs) but uh, Billy Bradley. Colt 45's super fan, Bob Aspromonte, Italian.
1: Content. Amazing. That that's truly an amazing story though. I mean, <laughs> for it to happen 3 times is crazy.
0: I know, right? Like why are we why are we all excited about Babe Ruth hit doing it once? I mean, it was in the World Series, sure, and probably didn't happen exactly that way, but this guy, 3 times, this little entitled <laughs> punk says hit me a home run to a guy that's not a home run hitter. Aspermonte, in his career, he played for 13 years. He only hit 60 home runs only, but he hit 60 home runs only two years. Did he have double digits? One of which was 62 when this all happened, where he had 11. And then in 64, he had 12.
1: Bob Aspermonte. Never heard of him. Didn't know the story. This is the kind of stuff. This is why I listen to this show.
0: There you have it. There, there is the story of Mr. Bob S. Esproman- oh I didn't trill that one. Bob S. Promante. Very cool, man. Let's now mark, let's head into a popular segment here on the show. Let us now jump into Wax Pack Heroes.
1: Play it. Gotta pull the Wax
0: Pack Hero! hero. Alright, so oh, we had an nice. exciting, exciting round last week where you held on by the skin of your teeth to win by a single cent, which was very disappointing. But with that, the standings, let's take a look at them now, are you have 19 wins to my 15. We are only playing to 20 wins here in this season. So you theoretically could end this today. You could be crowned our champion today. I've been
1: pretty nervous about this, I have to say.
0: Yeah, (laughs) I'm sure you're sweating bullets. About this. All right. So we've got... uh, Today, we are going to open a pack of 1990... Well, two packs of 1990 Fleer. Now, these are some special packs, my friend. These packs have been donated to us by a listener. These have been donated by a friend of both yours and mine. Mr... Well, we call him... Little Mitchie. Mitchie. (laughs) Little Mitchie. When I was in Seattle found some baseball cards that he had that were unopened. So he provided them to us. So we have got uh, we I think we've got two more packs after this. Maybe we'll wait a week since we don't usually do the same brand uh, week after week. But so these are uh, graciously donated by Lil Mitchie. So thank you, Mitch. And uh, let's uh, before we get started here, let's first go over our rules. We are going to be scoring these cards using a May 1992 Beckett baseball card weekly so that they have some value. Uh, The rest of our rules are as follows. If the player in the picture is wearing real stirrups, that's good news. You get an extra cent. If they are wearing the two-in-ones, which were starting to become popular right at this time, we take away a cent. If they are wearing a mustache, that's awesome. I'm sure you look like Tom Selleck, you get an extra cent for that. And if you are now in the Hall of Fame, you get an extra five cents. So big money to be had here from these cards. Looking at these 1990 flair, just looking at some of the money cards in this set, uh, there is a Kevin Moss rookie card that uh, is worth 45 cents. There's a Juan Gonzalez rookie card worth 75 cents. That's big money right there. Uh, And then there's the Dave Justice rookie card, uh, which is a buck. And there is a George Brett error card that's worth uh, 75 cents. Uh, Also a Will Clark rookie, uh, Will Clark, not rookie card, but a Will Clark error worth 75 cents. So not a lot of big money cards, but it looks like a lot of these cards are worth two and three cents. So. I'm shooting for somewhere between 30 and 40 cents is my goal here. But I'm going to let you, as uh, usual here, pick between the two packs. I've got one on the left, one on the right. Which one would
1: you like? We're going to go left this week.
0: One on the left. All right. So I am going to let you go first, as usual, when you pick. So let us open this. Now, if these have been open before, we know who to blame.
1: <laughs> yeah, hopefully he stacked them though instead of making them bad.
0: <laughs> All right, so you get some stickers. You've got the four pack here. You've got some good ones. You've got the old Orioles logo, which is nice. You've got the Red Sox. You've got the Reds, and apropos for you, you've got the Astros, nice. the old school Astros, like the, the the Adam with the like thing with the nice, Astrodome yeah. in the middle. All right, so let's start right off with uh, catcher for the San Francisco Giants, a former manager, and I believe he does, I think he does, I think he used to at one. He might still do uh, TV for the Cubs, but it is none other than Terry Kennedy.
1: Kennedy, all-around solid catcher. Uh, Solid all-around catcher.
0: Nothing uh, nothing going on uh, price-wise. He does have real stirrups, though, which is good. So that'll get you on the board, at least. And start you off with, uh, with Terry Kennedy,
1: set. by the way, uh, something that's come up on this show a couple of times, left-handed hit and catcher.
0: Yep. And this is him at the plate from the left handed nice. batter's box. Uh, next we've got outfielder for the Boston Red Sox, Danny. Heap. Ah, yes.
1: I remember Danny. Heap very well.
0: Uh, I remember him mainly. Cause I remember, like I said, in a past show, I remember a lot of the Red Sox teams from the late eighties, early nineties, cause they would play the A's every year in the ALCS. And uh, the A's
1: every year. I remember him pinch hitting. He was, a, he was like their first pinch hitter off the bench.
0: Well, he has got no mustache, no stirrups that I can see, and is not worth anything. Uh, you, I think, I feel like you draw this guy every <laughs> single time. I mean, we've done a lot yes. of these Waxback heroes, but you seem to draw Rick <laughs> Sutcliffe more than more than other people.
1: I, I, that's a good point. I do get Rick a lot. Uh, not Peter Sutcliffe, just saying. Uh, but Rick Sutcliffe.
0: And, but what's weird is he's never worth anything except for the real stirrups and the mustache.
1: That's that's yeah. really
0: all you ever well, get at least, from him. As is the case. At here.
1: least he's got that for me. You know what I mean?
0: All right, so you're up to three cents. Oh, you got a Hall of Famer here. Very nice. Third baseman for the Milwaukee Brewers. It is Paul Molitor.
1: The great Paul Molitor. Can't say enough good things about him. The
0: igniter. The igniter. Yes. The the nickname that we just have never really heard. Uh, So that card is worth two cents in Beckett. Can't see any stirrups, no mustache, but he is a Hall of Famer. So that will end up being a seven cent card for you. And that brings you up to 10 cents. Next, uh, this guy was a stalwart uh, for the California Angels starting rotation, him, Chuck Finley, and Mark Langston. It is Kirk McCaskill.
1: Ah, yes, Uh, solid pitcher
0: all around. He was, uh, yeah, he was always that number three guy between, behind Finley and uh, Langston. No value on the card here, but he does have some nice real stirrups and sanitary socks showing. Uh, So that is 11, or uh, one cent, that'll bring you up to 11
1: cents. I'm sorry. Real quick, one thing I remember of McCaskill is he almost lost 20 games one season. He lost like 19 <laughs> or 18, and then they benched him.
0: Uh, we've you've talked about this guy before? Catcher for the Minnesota Twins, Tim Laudner.
1: Tim Laudner? Yeah, uh, I remember. Um, I don't remember a I whole think, lot about him. I think but we he's, talked he's, about him. He was him. a solid defensive catcher, I believe.
0: Yeah, he was. He was always the backup uh, in in Minnesota for those teams between '88 and '92 uh no value there no mustache no stirrups this guy is gonna get you uh, when we institute the new rules this guy's gonna get you two cents for his mustache it is a fine fine mustache it is kevin don't call me lance blankenship
1: kevin blankenship yeah it's uh, i remember lance more than i remember kevin
0: yeah i i don't remember the only reason i know of kevin is because of his last name And obviously I know who Lance Blankenship is because he was with the A's, but no value there. But that is just a beautiful mustache and very well groomed. That'll get you a cent, bring you up to 12. Next, we've got, I believe this guy was the closer for a while for the Detroit Tigers at this point. It is Mike Henneman.
1: Mike Henneman. Don't remember a lot about him.
0: Fairly certain he was a closer. No value, no mustache. Can't see his stirrups, though. So Mm. Mike's not going to help you out. I'm
1: assuming they were there.
0: Now, I, if I am correct, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you this and see if you can get who this is. I believe this pitcher, and he was with the Padres when he did it, as he is here, served up the record-breaking hit when Pete Rose became the all-time leader for base
1: hits. Ooh, ah, man, I don't know, Eric Shaw. There you go, hey, very nice, Eric Shaw. That? that was a total guess, man. <laughs> no
0: value on the card. He has got a mustache because he always had a mustache and he's got real stirrups. So good for him. That'll get you two cents, bring you up to 14 cents. Next, we have got a major league prospects card. Now, I'm not sure if this is going to give you any value. I have never heard of either of these two guys. (laughs) So needless to say, they did not go on to fame and fortune. We have got uh, infielder for the Cubs, Greg Smith. And pitcher for the Giants, Stu State. No, I'm sorry, Stu Tate. Stu Tate
1: and Greg Smith. Yeah, I have no idea.
0: Yeah, so let's see here. Uh, well, Beckett is going to give them two cents, I think, just as a default because they're rookie cards. Uh, Stu Tate has a mustache, so, though, so that'll that'll bump that up to a three-cent card that'll get you 17 cents. Oh, boy. This guy was a pain in the butt for the A's when uh, when he was on the Dodgers. Uh, was he on the Dodgers in 88? Yeah, so he was on the Dodgers in 88. And then in 90, he was traded to the Cincinnati Reds, where he likewise was a pain in the, the A's side in the World Series. It is Mr. Mickey Hatcher.
1: Ah, uh, yes, Mickey Hatcher, uh, kind of a goofy guy, big dude. And uh, I remember he had a baseball card where he had a giant mitt on.
0: He has several baseball cards with that <laughs> giant mitt. And I was going to just say, this is one where he is just, he's just got batting gloves and a bat over his shoulder. So very subdued for Mickey <laughs> Hatcher in terms of a card. He was on his mitt that day. <laughs> uh, yeah, no value, uh, no mustache, no stirrups. Next, we've got outfielder for the Texas Rangers. It is
1: Mr. Rick Leach some memory of Nick, rick leach I, uh not a whole lot though none's coming to mind i don't remember a whole lot he about played a him while, I um
0: think. can't tell if he's got yeah he's got real stirrups on there and he's got a mustache so you're gonna get two cents at least for it so that'll, okay. that'll help you out i really don't I, the, the name seems familiar but i i always think of a, a rick leach as a pitcher and maybe i'm getting him confused with someone yeah. else uh, all right. Next, we have got a pitcher for the Montreal Expos.
1: It is Tim Burke. Wow. I haven't heard that name in quite a while. Um, hmm? Let me think. Tim Burke. <laughs> it hurt when you thought there. I can tell. Uh, Tim Burke had a really good year one year. Um, I'm trying to remember. He was a closer, wasn't he? Um,
0: I am not sure here. He looks, he's a big lanky dude. Let's see. Tim Burke played from 85 to 92. Uh, he was a closer. He had his, uh, career high in saves was 28 in 1989. He was an all-star that year. Ended up with an, a, a ERA of 2.55, a nine. Okay. <laughs> he had a nine and three record with 28 saves. Oh, nine wins nine wins We're 28, 28. uh let's see how many blown saves did he have in 1989 uh does baseball reference not give you blown saves or even save opportunities that seems odd uh but yeah I don't see I don't see anything telling me how many saves he blew that year in order get the to nine wins. <laughs> vulture nine <laughs> wins. <laughs> but yeah, that was his big year right there. Uh, But uh, no value in the card from Beckett, but uh, he does have real stirrups on. So that'll, that'll get you up to 20. You've broken the 20 cent barrier with three cards left. uh, We've got a, a great, i i i mean we talk about him all the time pitcher for the kansas city royals it is brett Saberhagen. gotta love
1: brett saberhagen he was uh, he was always you could count on the guy you know if you're a, if you're a royals fan you were glad the day he was pitching
0: clearly their ace uh that card is worth three cents which is nice and uh, he's got real stirrups on so that's four cents That'll bring your total up to 24 cents. You know, the pictures for these cards are really nice. They did a really good job of keeping it all uniform. They have the focus on the player. Most of this is game action and everything else is out of focus in the background. So the players really pop and then they're kind of sticking out, usually a head or a bat or something sticking out of the frame of the picture. Not the prettiest cards elsewhere, but the the pictures are really nice. All right, so you've got two cards left. This one is—I've uh, made known that I really enjoyed this guy, uh, first baseman outfielder for the San Diego Padres, Carmelo Martinez.
1: Yeah, you have made known that you like this guy.
0: I think part of it is because I love caramel, <laughs> caramel however you say it. There you go. Carmelo Martinez makes me think of caramel. And how much I love caramel, and how much I am now thinking about how I say caramel and having no idea how to correctly pronounce the See, word. See,
1: now he could be one of my favorites if his name was Marshmallow Martinez, because I dig Marshmallows.
0: I <laughs> <laughs> uh, will just wait till the next guy. Uh, but Carmelo Martinez has got some real stirrups, but no mustache. So that'll bring you up to 25 cents. Now, your final card, and the reason I say, uh, wait till our next card w- with the word marshmallow is because this guy has kind of a marshmallow-esque body.
1: <laughs> John Creik,
0: it is none other than at this point the DH for the Yankees, Mister Steve Balboni.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, Steve Balboni. We uh we used to say about him, close your eyes and swing as hard as you possibly can because you might hit one out.
0: Bye bye Balboni. Yeah. Now I would never say it to his face. That he has marshmallow. Uh, body. Now, I believe he is managing the Skeeters, the Sugarland Skeeters down in the in the Texas Independent League. Uh, that's the team that Roger Clemens will every now and then come out of retirement to pitch a game with. A lot of guys that are former major leaguers go there or the Newark Bears, you know, and kind of hope to get picked up. But uh, that card is not worth anything. Real stirrups. And of course, that that would be a two cent mustache. Uh, next season uh, that will bring your total up to 27 cents That's a
1: respectable number so yeah i think it's yes, beatable, it though.
0: i'm i'm i i have some confidence that i i might be able to to beat you with that one so i am going to go ahead now and uh, flip over here to my pack and let's uh open it up and let's see I've got a royal sticker. That's yeah. okay. I, I feel neither here nor there about the uh, about the royals. All right. So let's see. I am going to start off with the uh, this guy was a rock for the Pittsburgh Pirates at old uh, th- Three Rivers. Right? That was the Pirates, and then or was it? And then Riverfront was the Reds. correct?
1: Yes, I believe so.
0: It's hard because they looked exactly yeah. the same. This guy played quite a while. He also played with glasses at one point. It is Jay Bell. Jay
1: Bell. Absolutely. Solid player.
0: He really was. He had pop. He was. He wasn't great or flashy, but he was solid it defensively. Was. And he played for the Pirates forever. And he was on those teams with Bobby Bonilla and Barry Bonds and Spanky. Yeah. And, and Jose leaned was his double play partner. That's El right. Chico. But uh, no value, no mustache, can't see his stirrups. Uh, next, we've got pitcher for the uh, Seattle Mariners. It is Mister Gene Harris.
1: Yeah, Gene Harris. I remember he was uh, not necessarily a horrible pitcher, but not necessarily a great one either.
0: Yeah, kind of just uh, middle of the road. He was a Mariner he was pitcher. A Mariner pitcher, exactly. Pretty he pretty much he
1: threw you know whenever they needed him, and and uh, you, you know you just kind of prayed.
0: A Mariner pitcher in the nineties. No value. Can't see his stirrups. He does have a mustache, so that'll get me one cent. I'm on the board. Next, we have got former MVP, although he probably didn't deserve it. Uh, Here he is with the Cardinals. He was on that eighty-six. or I'm sorry, 85 World Series team. Um, then went on to uh, anchor the hot corner but up until Chipper Jones did in Atlanta. It is Terry Pendleton. Oh, you
1: got to love Terry Pendleton.
0: I do. I also love that Beckett's gives him two cents and he's got real stirrups. So that'll get me three cents. But Terry Pendleton, yeah, he was on the Braves quite a while uh, before Chipper came up. I think the Braves and the, and the Cardinals were the two teams he spent most of his career with Won a silver slugger one year too. I remember,
1: um, but Terry Pendleton, he had a, I think he won a couple gold gloves too. I think he might've. Yeah.
0: yeah. He was, I think he was just kind of, a, I don't think he was ever as good as his accolades. He was a, by far an above average player, but I don't think he was, I think he <laughs> got good. press. That's just my opinion. Okay. Next we have got a left-handed pitcher for the Boston Red Sox. Mr. Rob Murphy.
1: Wow, I wish I remembered more about Rob Murphy, but um, I remember his handouts about it. I don't know anything about him
0: other than he's a left-hander and he's worth absolutely nothing. (laughs) He sounds like a mid-'90s, early-'90s Red Sox guy, though, Murphy. Uh, Now, this guy, if you just showed me his picture, he's wearing a White Sox uniform. I would say it's Jerry Royce, (laughs) but it is not, uh, but he is a starting pitcher for the Chicago White Sox. And he spent a lot of time in the minor leagues. A lot of time. Uh, it is Tom
1: McCarthy. Wow, I really don't have any memory of him.
0: I He, he looks like he's 104. Uh, he does have a big blonde mustache and stirrup, so he at least got me two points. But yeah, I don't know anything about the guy. Other than he played in the minor leagues for a long time. Long, long time. So good for him. Yes. Yeah. That he got up. Uh, next pitcher for the Cincinnati Reds, Ron Robinson. Not to be con- confused with Don Robinson, in the caveman.
1: Right, Ron Robinson. I no clue who that is.
0: <clears throat> yeah, I, I remember Don August uh, knew Ron well, but uh, I don't remember much about him, and his card is worth absolutely nothing. So... <laughs> No help there. You're
1: cruising along, man. Um,
0: I'm gonna take a, yeah. This is this pack is not good. I am gonna take a hit here too for sure because I have got two of the same cards back to back here, and they're not gonna be worth a whole heck of a lot. Catcher for the Montreal Expos, Nelson Santavenia.
1: Yeah, you definitely got the pack that uh, I've never heard of. It's the Mark's never heard of pack.
0: <laughs> Nelson, I, I I know the guy from cards. He's got a mustache in both cards shockingly enough since they're duplicates so it'll get me two cents but that is literally all i'm getting there and this was taken from spring training too so he might have not even been up that year yeah that'll bring me up to eight cents i am not exactly killing it here uh all right i'm gonna ask you here because there's a mariners he's listed as a third baseman and it is not edgar martinez jimmy fresley there you go, because that's who I always ask you about. Jimmy Presley, never worth anything either.
1: No, it's a, it's never a payoff card. No, Edgar is 520,
0: and uh, Jim Presley is 522 in terms of card numbers. He is kneeling down, though, and I can see he's got real stirrups, so I'm going to at least get a cent from him. Uh, this might be the best card in my pack. I'm not going to lie. It is the first baseman for the Oakland Athletics at this point, it is Mr. Mark Maguire.
1: Well, what can be said about Mark Maguire that hasn't already been said? Positive and negative.
0: <laughs> uh, that card's only worth three cents. But again, that that might be my best card in this pack. That'll bring me up to uh, 12 whole cents. I'm not even halfway to you and I've only got five cards left. Next, this guy, I believe he ended up maybe pitching for the Mariners or had he already? No, he had not already. Uh, my only hope here is it's his rookie card, so maybe I'll get a cent or two. It is Sean Holman. Sean Holman. Sean Holman. Uh, I kind of remember. Maybe I kind of remember it being Holman.
1: like a card that I collected, but it never went. He never really went anywhere, if I remember correctly.
0: Well, Beckett's is going to be nice to me because it's a rookie card and give me two cents for you it. Go. That's all it's worth. No stirrups, no mustache. So that brings me up to fourteen cents. Well, this is a. He's a great player. I uh, hated him as a manager. He's just retired last year. It is Mr. Mike Socia. Uh, Mike Nova Socia. <laughs> I'd never heard
1: that. <laughs> no? Yeah. I, no,
0: I'd never heard of Mike Nova
1: Socia. That's a yeah, good Socia, one. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, L.A. Dodgers uh, fixture behind the plate.
0: He was, he was a He was a good catcher, very he was. hard-nosed. He's an old-school catcher. I uh, wouldn't want to get in a scrum with him. No. <laughs> Became a little bit rotund as a manager, but we you know, I put on some weight too. Beckett has no value for Mike Sosha and he's not, never had a mustache. Can't see his stirrups. I knew I was where he was definitely wearing stirrups because he's a well, catcher.
1: He no, was also no a left-handed hitting catcher.
0: Wow. We're coming we up have, with a lot of yeah. them today. All right. So this one, I don't know. Was he that great in nineteen ninety two? Uh, this is a rookie card. This guy went on to have a great career, not a Hall of Famer, but a good career. This is his rookie card, though. He came up with the Baltimore Orioles. It is Steve Finley. Oh
1: man, he's one of my favorite players of all time. I love Steve Finley, man. He, uh, he used to patrol center field, and like, yeah, it was only like for the Astros for like four or five years. But he was amazing as an Astro. He was just like Mr. Defense, had a great arm, you know, left-handed batter with a little bit of pop. Uh, He was fun to watch.
0: I I remember him with the Orioles. Definitely remember him with the Astros. And then uh, I think he had probably his, maybe his best, you think his best years were with
1: the the Diamondbacks? absolutely, yeah. He hit a lot of home runs when he was with the D-backs.
0: Definitely won the World Series there with them. Uh, let's just take. Let me let me pull him up here real quick. Steve couple Finley, eighty nine through two thousand and seven. That was a long career. Wow. Uh, two time All Star, five time Gold Glove winner. Uh, obviously on the two thousand and one World Series team. Ended up led the league in triples a couple of years. Uh, he ended up hitting two seventy one an OPS of seven seventy five. That's kind of low for what I think of him. An OPS plus of one hundred and four. So, wow. I mean, those are those are average uh, OPS plus of 104 is almost as average as you can get, but uh, 304 home runs in his career. Yeah. But uh, Steve Steve Finley, Uh, that card is only going to get me two cents from Beckett, no mustache and no (laughs) stirrups. So I'm not holding out hope. I'm 11 cents down with two cards left to go. Uh, This one, an Astros outfielder, Terry
1: pool, Terry swimming pool.
0: Puhl, yes.
1: fitting the uh, the water ocean flooding theme that we had earlier. Theme. You know, yeah. going on with the the guys with the fish names. You know, swimming pool. Maybe Kurt Flood can get thrown in yeah. there. <laughs> Kurt Flood. Yeah, that
0: would fit. Uh, that card is worth absolutely butt kiss to me. Nothing there. And uh, my last card, I know it's going to be worth one cent because he's wearing real stirrups. It's actually a pretty cool card. He is sliding feet first directly into the camera. It is, he's listed as a second baseman. He was really an infield utility guy for the Braves for, for all, you know, a good portion of their uh, late 80s, early 90s run. It is Jeff Treadway.
1: The way I remember that.
0: Card is not worth anything other than those the stirrup money. So that is, that'll bring me up to 17 cents and uh, I have fallen one cent short of, of you. Again? With that, my friend, you have now reached the 20 win plateau and have been crowned the first season champion of the Wax Pax Heroes
1: season one. Uh, it's a proud moment, a proud day for me, Jeff. I, I want to thank you a very worthy opponent, but obviously my skill level at this was, uh, just a little bit more honed than you had.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I just couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't put it together. Actually, you know, I was up like three or four at one point and then you just got on a hot streak and I catch up. All right. Well, congratulations. What What is most exciting about this, though, Mark, is that means that next week we have got some new rules that we're going to put into a season effect.
1: two of Wax Packs Heroes I'm excited new about stuff. It. It's going to be fun. Going to be
0: good stuff. So, all right. Uh, I have uh, I have started to catch up. I've taken a little bit of time off from work here because I haven't had any time off the whole year. And now that it seems like I've got baseball ready, I'm only I'm already working on NFL stuff, which is sad, but I've taken a little bit of time off here. So I have actually been updating some of these old wax packs on YouTube that I've been meaning to get around to. So if you haven't check out our YouTube uh, YouTube page, Um, I've got some uh, some new ones are up. So, you can watch some of our older ones, like the one from a couple weeks ago where I pulled that $2 card, big money. Or, no, not $2, $14 card. You pulled a $2 card. You can see all those, as well as some of our former guests as well. Uh, But that also reminds me if you want to follow us on social media, Get some more of us. You can do so. We are on uh, both Twitter and Instagram at Two Strike Noise. That is at T-W-O Strike Noise. As I said, search for Two Strike Noise or Two Strike Noise podcast on YouTube. Mark, uh, say somebody wanted to send us not a snail mail Mail, but an email mail. How would one do well, that? Well,
1: you know, we just happen to have an email address to strike noise at gmail.com. Spell out the two T W O strike noise at gmail. Uh, we'd
0: like to thank all of our listeners again for uh, tuning in every week. We really do appreciate it. If you want to tell somebody about us, Go ahead. I, you know, we've had some great guys on on Twitter that have retweeted some of the things that we've done. Really appreciate that. Gorman's Taproom, which is a great Twitter follow, they, they uh, retweeted out one of our things this week. We really appreciate that. Also like to thank uh, our buddy Mitch. Uh, thank you for this pack of baseball cards, even though my pack sucked. <laughs> we really do appreciate it. Uh, but uh, what do you say, Mark, you get your notes together so that we can uh, hear about your topic next week as well because I'm interested to hear I'm that. I'm
1: actually going to get my notes together and put it on like a floppy disk because this new technology is killing me. Or I don't know,
0: you could write it out. like A nice handwritten sentiment in cursive. I can't read my own please. writing, though. <laughs> that probably would be as bad as losing it in the cloud. Uh, but okay, we will be back though, nonetheless, with whatever we're going to talk about next week. And uh, we will see you on the next episode of Two Strike Noise.
1: Thank you. God bless you. Have a great day.